This is your Planet News Briefing. I'm John Chu. And I'm Ralph Forgen. Our main story coming up is all about the impact of climate change on wine. <laughs> That's right. We talk about how our precious wine supply and quality are changing as a result of the climate crisis. But first, your Planet News headlines from this week. In politics news this week, the New York Times reports climate voters still want more from Biden. So two dozen activists and voters who consider the, the planet's warming climate crisis their top issue almost all said that they worried Mr. Biden has not made the issue a significant portion or been specific enough about his plans around climate crisis. This is an interesting one as Democrats find climate crisis a top priority. Even on Super Tuesday exit polls, 34% of voters who cited climate change as their most important issue voted for Biden, whereas 28% of people who said that climate crisis was their primary issue voted for Sanders. An interesting one there. Whereas you know some are saying that Biden's not doing enough, but at the same time, still showing that people who, who say climate is their most specific issue are still more in favor of voting for Biden on Super Tuesday. So in business news this week, MIT Technology Review reports that coronavirus is terrible news for climate change. We've seen this in the news a lot. So basically what they're saying here is the fear is that the likely contagious coronavirus could complicate you know, challenges of climate change, which presents serious, if longer term threats of its own at a point where it was crucial to make rapid strides. So there are several ways this could happen. If capital markets lock up, it's going to become incredibly difficult for companies to secure the financing necessary to move ahead with any pending solar, wind, or battery projects, much less proposed new ones. Global oil prices, so this uh, took a historic plunge recently, driven by the price war between Russia and Saudi Arabia, as well as coronavirus concerns. So Cheap gas could make electric vehicles already pretty expensive, a harder sell for customers. So it's why Tesla stock crashed. There's also the topic around China. So producing a huge share of the world's solar panels, wind turbines, and lithium-ion batteries that power electric vehicles and grid storage projects. So these companies have already said that they're grappling with supply issues as well as declines in production and shipments. In turn, slow some renewable projects overseas. So basically any resulting clampdown in trade with the nation where the outbreak originated from, some members of the Trump administration are pushing for, will only further disrupt uh, clean energy supply chain and distribution networks. And we can't, you know, not forget that the rising health and financial fears could also divert public attention from the problem of climate change. So lots of stuff to unpack here. The coronavirus is making climate change worse. And at a top level, it's because it's diverting attention away and investment away from renewable energies. In tech news this week, Green Matters reports Bill Gates exits Microsoft to dedicate life to fighting climate crisis. So this is, I mean, kind of a diverge from specific tech solutions for climate change, but welcomed you know, announcement that Bill Gates will be spending more time in, in this, on this effort. And what he, his statement said that, I've made the decision to step down from both the public boards on which I serve, Microsoft and Berkshire Hathaway, to de- dedicate more time to philanthropic priorities, including global health and development, education, and my increasing engagement in tackling climate change. The bets, and this is also a, a great, an interesting quote by him uh, that he includes because I think it's it's really relevant to our episode around climate injustice um, and the global south and and who's going to be specifically infected affected 
by climate crisis. And he states that the best thing that we can do to help people in poor countries adapt to climate change is making is make sure they're healthy enough to survive it. Climate change is one of the most difficult challenges the world has ever taken on, but I believe we can avoid a climate catastrophe if we take steps now to reduce emissions and find ways to adapt to a warmer world. So definitely super fascinating approach to this. Um, and it reminds me a bit of, of kind of the, the crisis we're in at the moment for coronavirus and, and the, you know, the, the WHO, I remember when it was happening in China was saying that they were most worried about developing countries because if it hit in the, with the same capacity that it has hit China and developing countries, people just would not have the capacity to, to handle it. So there'd be so many more fatalities. Uh, I think this is a similar kind of concept that, that Bill Gates is stating here for climate crisis. We, and we've, we've discussed that in, in our previous podcast. Yeah. Uh, check, go check out that for, for more details on the climate injustice piece. Um, and then a little bit more detail around kind of some things that he's been, he's worked on with um, himself and his, his wife, Melinda Gates. They put in $20 million into C16 Biosciences. And it's a New York-based startup trying to disrupt the environmental destruct, destructive palm oil industry. So this company makes lab-grown versions of palm oil instead of uh, you know, destroying forests for it. In science news this week, uh, the Guardian reports that carbon emissions fall as electricity producers move away from coal. So this is good news. Carbon emissions from the global electricity system fell by about 2% last year. So this is the biggest drop in, in almost 30 years. And depending on how long this you know, social isolation, coronavirus impacts the economy, you might have another year in drop. Basically, the, the new report on the world's electricity generation revealed that the steepest cut in carbon emissions since 1990 as the U.S. and EU turned to cleaner energy sources. So Germany in particular cut carbon emissions by 6.3% in, in 2019. And the EU carbon pricing policies and the decommissioning of coal power plants are also helping reduce emissions in Germany and elsewhere in, in Europe. Overall, power from coal plants fell by 3% last year, even as China's reliance on coal plants climb for another year to make up for the world's coal generation for the first time. Again, this was probably before the coronavirus outbreak. We may have another year of falling carbon emissions if social distancing and you know businesses unfortunately closing and stuff. So this is good for the, uh, for the climate. <clears throat> cool. So coming up, our main story, the impact of climate change on our global wine supply. Ralph, do you like wine? I do like wine. Are you drinking wine right now whilst practicing social distancing? Um, I do drink wine while practicing social distancing, but not right now because it is nine in the morning. <laughs> well, maybe as our listeners are listening to this later on today, hopefully, or early tomorrow, they will listen to this and want to have a glass of wine because we're talking about it. So first of all, coronavirus, uh, we must acknowledge the dreadful times that is today and these days and hence this episode is dedicated to something totally different and more fun and away from the coronavirus so we want to acknowledge that you know we should follow guidelines and be careful out there and uh, obviously it's taking a hit on the stock market and investments and so forth as well so the economy and jobs and all that stuff but for the next 20 minutes or so let's talk about wine something more fun right <laughs> yeah sounds good yeah, all my but, podcasts these days are all on coronavirus, which is fascinating, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty distracting. It's hard to find anything outside of it. Yeah. So, cool. 
But um, how much fun is it really since we talk about wine in the context of climate change? Surely it cannot be that positive, right? <laughs> well, indeed, we talk about um, some positive things as well. So let's get right into it. Yeah, what, what are some of the stats we have, John? Yeah, so a rise of two degrees Celsius, which we are on track at this day and age, by the way, would cause a 56% loss of vineyard land. So that's a lot of wine production today that is going to be wiped away more than 50%. And a rise of four degrees Celsius, which, you know, obviously this would bring a lot of other major issues as well, a lot more major than wine production, but that will wipe out 85% of vineyard land loss. I mean, I can see you because we're using Zoom like everyone else in the world. I can see you basically have a sad face right now <laughs> listening to that stat. That um, sounds like that would be some expensive wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's going to be part of my traffic likes. I mean, these current, current stockpiles of wine, and it's going to be valuable stuff like gold. <laughs> <laughs> like but, bullet roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so um, uh, listen to this. White grape variety, Eugni Blanc. <laughs> that's so U-G-N-I. B-L-A-N-C, two words, probably French, which is, uh, or Italian, uh, a.k.a. Tribbiano Toscano. Is expected, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's expected to lose 76% of its suitable growing area and Riesling, 66%. This is according to The Guardian. That's a lot. I do know Riesling. I do like Riesling. That's, that's unfortunate. You do like Riesling, you said? Yeah, they're mainly out of Germany as well, actually. When I drink a good glass of Malbec, it just is really comforting. Um, <laughs> really like comforting. It. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just puts you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. it's, like my, it's like my nighttime tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the full body tastes so good. Another stat here, uh, red grape Greenwich. Grenache. Grenache. Wow, that was bad. <laughs> it's predicted to lose 31% of the area currently deemed suitable for growing that variety. So I guess we'll be drinking more Grenache then in the future. Yeah. <laughs> the most available. Yeah. I mean, look, first the coronavirus and now wine. What a bummer. Yeah. yeah. This, I think wine is the least of our problems. <laughs> yeah. I say that with, uh, you know, tongue in cheek there. <laughs> yeah. So what, what precisely, you know, about climate change is driving it? Yeah. So changes in rainfall impact viticulture. And what is viticulture? It's basically farming grapes. Do you know that? Did not know that. Oh, there's so much stuff out there. I before this episode recording, I was looking at you know what what other people are saying in podcasts in terms of wine and climate change. And there's just so many episodes of people talking about wine. There's so many podcasts of people just talking uh, about wine. It's just, just wine in general. Yeah, wine in general. Just just there's such a intense community of people who just like to talk about wine. It's just amazing. I was having a lot of fun. That's where I came across the term viticulture as well like you, uh, you could study this as a major in your university yeah and yet there's no like climate crisis majors out there <laughs> yeah no, there probably, yeah. probably are but there's I not as many climate crisis podcasts as there are wine podcasts that's probably for sure well that's the reason why we started this podcast because i was in search for some good climate change related podcasts and couldn't find ones that i i liked so here we are yeah <laughs> uh rainfall impacts viticulture farming grapes but the main driver is actually heat so mm -hmm. heat damages plants uh, especially prolonged periods of it and they can also heat up ripening and make grapes too high in sugar so it's a delicate balance uh, climate change is forcing farmers as well to switch 
between grape production. So this is sometimes difficult to do because people who farm uh, grapes for wine production, they're, they're really, really particular about the process and how they do it. This is really personal to their culture and community ages ago from their ancestors and so forth. So that's difficult. I mean, obviously we, you know, we know about things like cognac and champagne and, you know, you got, you got to have a certain percentage of your grapes from those regions and may in, in those regions in order to be legally known as cognac or champagne. Otherwise it's sparkling wine, for example. What are some of the other things here? If we, 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 we talked about some of the culture and community. So like many areas find land that's suitable for Pinot Noir, um, including South Africa and Burgundy in France, uh, will, mm-hmm. you know, having need to switch the grapes such as Syrah. Syrah. <laughs> Syrah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, We're also good, actually. You should try that. Yeah, I've never had it before. What's yeah. it like? Is it, like um, is it red? It's, got, uh, it's red, yeah, it's red. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to go into the uh, the tasting notes. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, like hot cherry and uh, asphalt. Uh, <laughs> Earthy. <laughs> yeah. What is the, the name for the people who do that for a living? Uh, uh, sommelier. Sommelier. We're not quite there yet, are we? We're not, definitely not quite there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, places like South Africa and Burgundy, they, they need to switch between grapes because uh, some fruit produced later in the year now and some mm-hmm. are earlier. And, you know, some are able to tolerate a warmer climate. Uh, some of them are not. So yeah, these I would I would just say if, if anybody is new to wine, like these varieties are extremely specific to climate. So this is yeah, this is such a crazy scenario where these places have been growing the same variety for for generations, like you said. Yeah. But now because of the you know the drastic change in, in the climate over a shorter period of time, yeah, they have to they have to start switching to new varieties, which is which are you would think they're all just wine but no they're all so different and unique to them exactly you know we're talking about wine but let's be extra extra serious for a second wine production is obviously a minor inconvenience compared to other tragedies caused by climate change you can check out our past episodes such as episode 15 we'll talk about climate injustice which you you plugged earlier and also even last week's episode we talked about the water crisis wine production is is so minor all things considered we just wanted to acknowledge the you know the severity of other impacts caused by climate change definitely yeah and definitely check those episodes out so okay in terms of the wine industry what are they doing to try to adapt right yeah it's really interesting how how fast this everybody's trying to adapt so while some countries you know winemaking will indeed be hit and it's already being hit by climate change by global warming in particular so these are two distinct things but such as italy and spain some will even benefit so what are some of the other ones yeah, the ones that are benefit, for example, the UK, UK, Canada, and the Nordics. <laughs> it's going further north, isn't it? Uh, exactly. As the weather gets warmer up there. And what do you have for the UK? Because then you got experience here. Yeah. So, so basically, it's, it was really interesting experience. We went to the Cotswolds. That's like the, in the middle of the UK for non-Brits, and there was a vineyard out there that was doing white wines and and now sparkling wines as well uh, the uk has particularly started becoming famous for their sparkling wines so it's not you know it's not a champagne because not from the champagne region but is a sparkling you know white wine they've become popular for it because it's become warmer in in southern uh, uk 
and because uh, there's just a couple of vineyards out there that have become you know started having names for themselves but what's incredible about this is that like we said some of the areas that are being challenged like spain italy and uh, even france vineyards from those areas are now buying up a lot of property in uk to be able to start uh, producing and growing uh, grapes in this in this region oh so they're already seeing this you know this move of vineyards north northwards and uh, yeah like most of it's in the southern uk but people are you know i was reading an article showing that it's starting to even move up as it becomes warmer and, and just and as the, the you know possibility to buy land in the south for for growing grapes reduces oh man and i would imagine that people in the uk starting these you know the sparkling wine companies they're probably less experienced than the folks who are from italy or spain coming over and investing in this space so they will welcome this sort of expert from the outside so that's interesting so they they kind of it's too hot over there and and the climate change has caused too much pain for them to have a consistent crop so they've made their way over to other places where it's getting warmer and it's being more conducive to wine production isn't it Mm -hmm. how was the wine by the way when you went when you went there the white wine (laughs) <laughs> really yeah really good yeah and the yeah the, the uk sparkling wine definitely um try that out if uh, if you guys can you haven't had it what is prosecco do you know prosecco is like a sparkling wine basically right yeah it's also sparkling wine i don't know why it's called prosecco versus sparkling <laughs> wine good question somebody you know message us on instagram your planet news briefing and explain to us why <laughs> why it's called prosecco versus sparkling wine enlighten us please we like the engagement yeah Traffic lights. What do you have, Ralph? Yeah, so for red, so fear of how fast agriculture can change, right? So this one, it's not a, it's not a huge red, more of an amber type type color, uh, but it's, it's, it's around this last comment that you stated where this professor is stating that, yeah, people are being very adaptable, but at the same time, how fast you know, how fast can people adapt, right? That's the question that, I'm, you know, just is a little concerning. Whereas we said earlier, you know, these vineyards have extreme cultural roots in, in where, they're, where they're growing grapes, how they do it. Um, you know, they've had generations of understanding these, these grape varieties and, and locations and how the, the temperatures in, in vineyards um, act. So the question is, okay, can, can it, mid-generation can that just switch can they just go up to uk and start growing their vineyards there instead um kind of a red for me i mean i understand that people are adaptable but you know how fast can you adapt um i you know i think even a comparison is to like the software industry and stuff and you see people get left behind because they want to they don't want to learn how to code or something right like that's people it's just it's easy to say people will adapt but in reality, what will happen? Yeah, um, you know, a lot less serious for uh, for wine, but yeah, but uh, definitely an interesting one. Yellow for me. Um, this kind of goes back to one of your your news headlines, actually, and less about about wine, to be honest. But something I keep thinking about is uh, I can't decide if people care more or less about climate crisis after this after going through the Corona virus crisis. Um, I think that people will be able to understand um, exponential growth a bit better and people will understand, you know, crisis scenarios a bit better. But again, maybe once this starts getting uh, 
you know, better that people would just be worried about the economy and less about climate, uh, which is unfortunate that those are, um, you know, not correlated. Green for me are that we are very adaptable. So this is kind of in, in contrast with my red, but we are extremely adaptable species. Uh, if we isolate, then we have, you know, happy hour video conference calls with people drinking <laughs> instead of having it in person. And <laughs> if it's warm, uh, we find alternatives for good wine. So it is, yeah, we are very much an adaptable species and we will, we will prevere. Yes, we will. We can do it, <laughs> especially when we have wine, as long exactly. as there's, there's uh, some supply of wine. <laughs> I've seen so much stuff on the internet about like people saying, man, my, my wine uh, consumption has, has increased twofold, you know, <laughs> and then like just seeing a lot of people having video, uh, video chats at happy hours and stuff, just like having, having some wine instead of going out to the bar or pub, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have started drinking more as well. I mean, I find myself doing, going to the kitchen a lot more in general. Um, it's so dangerous to be at home all day. Yeah. And this is a time where we probably shouldn't be conserving food a bit more. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about that as well. So what <laughs> do you have? My read is, uh, it is a shame that climate change is taking away uh, what some consider the identity of the culture or heritage, but this is the new normal and it, also can't just be wine, right? Like beer, barley and hops will also be impacted or is being impacted by climate change, I would imagine. I mentioned cognac, which by the way is a brandy. I didn't realize that. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, my yellow is, um, <laughs> I kind of joked about this earlier, but mm. you know, is it is it time to stockpile or age your wine? It'll be worth a lot in the future, but uh, you know, is, is it time to start hoarding, you know, your tuba chucks from Trader Joe's, like toilet paper? Uh, <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, it would wine even more precious, right? Uh, something to cherish with loved ones or in celebration of something special. So uh, it would be more expensive to buy to authentic ones, uh, i.e. from the ones, the ones from Italy and Spain. But, um, and this kind of goes to my green. However, you know, wine would be cheaper for new wine business entrants. And surrounding localities so basically if you live in canada you won't need to rely on imports from a continent away anymore you know you know which brings up loads of food mileage and carbon footprint avoided uh, yeah. you know so yeah canada would be great it won't be so cold up there <laughs> yeah yeah you can you can have a picnic with wine uh, from the you know right from your own local city <laughs> yeah so i mean look in in all seriousness this is Overall, climate change is, is not a positive thing, but it's fine to take a break and find some positives out of it. So wine production you know, is bringing new players into the game. Hopefully it doesn't have to travel from California to Australia or Australia to Canada. And they can just be more of a local supply. Good point. So cool. So um, definitely check out yesyourimpact.com. Um, get involved there that we have a leaderboard around, uh, you know, kind of sharing and interacting with climate crisis activities um, and check us out on your planet news briefing on Instagram. And that is this week's your planet news briefing. I'm Ralph Forgen. I'm John Chu. Thanks for listening. Be